1: Part of the dangers of doing a show in Washington, D.C. is that uh, they don't let you park more than two hours during rush hour, so I had to move my car again. I'm I'm taking the metro tomorrow. If you need a
2: breather, Mark, I have some audio (laughs) of Anderson Cooper interviewing the sister of um, one
3: of the victims.
1: You know what? Play that, because we're going to talk about Chapel Hill. Go for it. All right, here we go.
3: Years old, was known for his many acts of kindness. His sister, Suzanne, who's a local physician, joins us tonight. Suzanne, uh, thank you for being with us. I, I, I'm so incredibly sorry for your loss. First of all, how are you? How is your family holding up?
4: Well, it's a, ple- it's a pleasure to be here. Anderson, thank you for having me. In terms of how we're holding up, I would say that the honest answer is we're still in shock. Um, and there's still a lot of denial. And I think the reason why I'm able to be here today is because I feel mostly numb. Mm. Um, but it's been a really... Incomprehensible tragedy that we're trying to process.
3: Tell tell me about your brother. What what was he like?
4: My brother, Dia, was a six foot three inch young man who had the kindest heart, who loved everyone he met, greeted strangers with hugs, um, and dedicated his life to service. He loved his family, he loved his wife Yusuf, he loved his in-laws, and it's a very sad day for both of our families.
3: There were reports that that the suspect and your brother, that they had had interactions prior to this, is that to Mm -hmm. your knowledge true? Were you aware of that?
4: To my knowledge, yes, there had been issues of some uh, disrespect and harassment from the neighbor's standpoint. Um, it's basically incomprehensible to me that you can murder three people by shooting a bullet into their head and killing them over a parking spot. Let's leave it at that.
3: You think there, there's more to it? Absolutely. I, I, I don't want to ask. Anything you don't want to talk about, so feel free to just you know say I don't want to talk about it. But you'd say you know there had been some interactions. Do you think that they had anything to do with with your brother's religion, with how he was perceived by this person?
4: Having heard um, secondhand from what a very close friend of Yosudis had said, that basically he had said because of the way you look and not comfortable with a the way you look and. I'm really sorry. It's okay. (sighs) This is really hard. I know. I go from being in denial to being really numb to being really angry. I came here today in hopes of shining light on Dliyat's legacy and Yassir's and Razans and for the three of them that has been dedication to service and I want to make sure that they are recognized for that and that the world realizes what we have lost and the loss of these three incredibly brilliant, bright, beautiful, accomplished, successful, respectful, loved three young people. Um, if you were within our community Anderson you would see just the outpouring of love and support we are receiving from everyone around us and it's been immensely touching and I want the world to see that and I want them to see the true essence of what Dliya and Razan was and it was optimism it was hope it was love it was wanting to help anyone and everyone in their local communities and communities abroad just based on their actions, with work that they have done with homeless communities here, with work that they are doing in Turkey to aid Syrian refugees. Dio is running a campaign with the dental school and with some NGOs to fundraise money for a mission trip later this summer. And yesterday he was at, I believe, 16,000, and today it's over 120,000. And that is amazing. And we want to continue that. And we want them to be remembered for that because one thing that I knew about Dia is that no matter, you know, he made dental school look easy. He made <laughs> that's
3: not, everything that's a hard he thing did to do. just,
4: it is, but he did it because he loved it. He loved what he did. He loved playing with the children when he was working abroad. He, felt about the he was happy in everything that he did, and he made it light and people loved being around him for that and selfishly as the older sister who felt like a second mom to him I will miss him adoring me and the way he loved me and the way he looked up to me and the many phone calls where we would talk and we would give each other advice and he's like okay I see your point and He was the best friend kind of brother.
1: It's really, really powerful stuff. Um, I want to thank, of course, CNN and Anderson Cooper 360 for that footage. Um, Clearly, these were special people. Uh, I want to get the names right because I think I may have mangled that earlier in the broadcast. Dia and his wife, Yusor, and her sister, Razan. Uh, All of them were working uh, to help the homeless, working uh, in the communities – Fun people. You can look at their Vine pages and uh, their Facebook pages. Uh, Interestingly, about the only political thing uh, that you see from Dear Barakat uh, is he had a Twitter, a tweet that said it's so freaking sad to hear people saying we should kill Jews or kill Palestinians if that's that's going to solve anything. Shaking my head. So for any of you who fear that uh, well... Certainly, Dia was someone who opposed violence. So, let me go to the next question. And that is it's 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, and your neighbor knocks on your door. Now, you've met this neighbor before. He's your neighbor. But you know him to be angry, irascible. He always carries a gun with him on his hip. You don't think he's a cop. You wonder why he always carries a gun. He's he's upset. He's pounding on your door. Now, he's done this in the past. Now, one time you were playing a board game, Risk, and you got a little loud, you and your 20-year-old friends, about who was winning and who was losing, and, oh, they invaded my country, if you ever played board games. And he knocked on the door, angrily telling you to shut it, to, 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 to be quiet. Another time he got mad at you over a parking place. My question for you, and I want everyone to call and answer this question. Do you open the door? Do you open the door? Here's the thing. If you choose not to open the door because you know he has a gun, what's he going to do next? I mean, maybe he's right. Maybe you chose the wrong parking place, but you fear him because he has a gun. If he didn't have a gun, I'd open the door. I'd agree or i disagree. I may yell back. I may uh, say, I'm sorry, I'll move my car. I may say, you know what? That's my parking place. I have a right to be there. But the gun on the hip changes the conversation. What do you do? Can you call the police? What are the police going to do? They can't arrest him. He hasn't committed a crime. And so I want to ask the question whether it should be illegal, and I think it should be, to begin a confrontation if you have a gun on you. That's right. You're not allowed to verbally attack anyone to begin the confrontation with a gun. I would make that illegal. You have a right to free speech, but you don't have a right to free speech with a gun on your hip. Now, if you're a police officer, if you're a security guard, if you're acting in the course of your job, you're in the military... Right. You're on duty. You're carrying a weapon as part of your job. It's your job to, to break up a fight as a security guard to, to stop confrontation. OK, obviously, I'm not talking about that. But if you outside of your job, if you want to disagree with someone, whether it be your neighbor, whether it be your talk radio host, whether it be uh, some guy who uh, you think is overcharging you or uh, someone who didn't deliver your package right, whatever it is. You cannot begin something that you know is going to be a confrontation if you're carrying a gun. Now, I'm ready for all you people out there who love your guns to disagree with me on this, but I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the reasons people have guns. All right? Obviously, if it's part of your job, police, military security officer, I'm not talking about that. Why do you carry a gun off the job? Well, some people do it because they're hunters. Fine. That's Hunting has been in America for hundreds of years. You can carry a rifle out when you're going out to shoot deer. You can carry buckshot. to, You know, you, you can do that. Some people like guns for target practice. You know what? I'm okay with that, too. I don't know that you necessarily need an AK-47, but uh, you want to take your gun out to your target practice? Fine. You're not seeking a confrontation. You're going to the target practice. You're going to shoot there. And you're going to come back. Fine. What about a gun in your own home? Okay, I get that, too. People want guns for self-defense. Somebody comes into your home uninvited, you want a gun to defend yourself. Okay, again, if you don't know how to handle a gun, I recommend mace or pepper spray because I wouldn't want that gun to be wrested from your hand and used against you. They did a a study a few years back about guns in the home, and they found that um, out of 40 times when a gun is kept in the home, one time out of 40, It is used properly in self-defense to keep out an intruder or something like that. The other 39 times out of 40, which, uh, if my math is correct, is about 98% of the time. 98% of the time, the gun is used against someone in the home. Either you, your spouse, your wife, your husband, your kids, your family. So... 98% of the time, that gun's going to be used against you. I would recommend getting mace, getting pepper spray. But you know what? You want to have a gun in your own home? I, as a liberal, I wouldn't ban that. But outside the home, outside of your job, if you're not going hunting, why do you want a gun on your person? I'll give you one more example that you might want one. You might want one for self-defense. Let's say you're a prosecutor and a bunch of criminals have said we're going to kill you. You know, let's say you're a cartoonist and you've put out some cartoons that some might consider offensive and somebody has said, I'm going to kill you. You might want a gun for self-defense. I'm even okay with that. But you can't begin the confrontation. In other words, if someone comes up to you and says, I hate your cartoons, I'm going to kill you. And you want to brandish the gun to say, leave me alone. Or someone hits you and you want to use the gun in self-defense. That's one thing. But you cannot, you should not be able to begin a fight, to begin a confrontation with a gun on your hip. Let's make that illegal. Let's make it so that if someone comes to your door banging on the door and you peek through the peephole and you see a gun in their hand, you can call the police and know that that guy is going to be carted away rather than you attacked for somehow attacking this man's rights to confront you with a gun. If those were the laws in North Carolina, three beautiful young people might just be alive today. 888 Agree? Disagree? Bring it on. Let me know. Confront me with words, just not with guns. This is Mark Levine right back after this. Welcome back to the show. Three innocent people in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, are dead because they answered the door of an angry neighbor with a gun on his hip. I think it should be illegal to begin a confrontation while carrying a gun, unless it's your job, I mean, unless you're a police officer or security guard or something like that. But it, But off-duty, you should not be able to begin a confrontation with a gun. You can defend yourself, self-defense, don't begin it. Let's make that illegal. I want to know if those of you who love your guns disagree. You may all agree with me that that seems reasonable. I hope you do. But if you disagree, call in 888-653-7543. One person with whom I rarely disagree uh, is someone who calls in so often we call him Old Faithful. It's Michael from the Bronx. Hey, Michael, how are you? Michael, I'm... Hey. How are you, Michael? Hey there, Mark. Okay. Why
5: would I disagree with
1: you? I don't think you would. (laughs)
5: No. Oh, okay. I I totally agree with you. You're totally spot on on with this. And when you think about it, because it comes down to being on the defense or being on the offense. And every scenario that you mentioned about starting a confrontation with the gun or starting a conversation with the gun, I never liked the idea of people just brandishing them guns, saying, like, you better agree with me or do whatever I say or else.
1: To me, this is you exactly know? the George Zimmerman problem, all right? Yeah. This was a wannabe cop. You know, if he were not carrying a gun. I would look at that case entirely differently. He's like a neighbor and he goes up and he says, hey, you know, hey, guy, what are you doing here? And uh, maybe uh, Trayvon would have said, you know, I'm trying to find my uncle's place and he could help him find the place. And and but but carrying a gun not only makes the victim worried, it makes the person carrying the gun feel they're invincible and bad things happen. And I oh. got to tell you something. If, if you want to talk with me about anything you better not carry a gun unless you're, you know, you're a cop and you have a right to. If you're just, if you are a, a person and you want to talk with Mark Levine, I'll talk with anybody. I have people on the air all the time. Do not come up to me with a gun. I will not talk with you about anything. I'm not going to give you directions. I am going to walk away. I do not want to talk to people with guns.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. And believe it or not, Mark, there already are laws prohibiting this. But once again, you got the doggone right-wingers that want to keep pushing for more guns and more guns and no accountability, no background checks, and want to keep coming up with every single excuse for them to use a gun. The perfect example was that case in Florida, not the Zimmerman case, and I might have my states wrong, but, uh, remember the guy that was convicted for killing an unarmed black team because he didn't like his music, but then right. had the audacity to claim stand your ground and felt like he. Right. He thought he was, uh, well, threatened.
1: that's uh, the problem really has to do with Florida, and in this case, North Carolina, and many southern states for making it just too easy. I don't know. Maybe it is illegal in New York City. Uh, you know more than I am, and Michael. It's t- all over, and you
5: know what they call it? But that? it's
1: not illegal in North Carolina.
5: Wait, 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 wait. Mark. They, it is, in a way, illegal, and I want every lawyer to consider this. It's one word that begins with the letter T. And you know what that word is?
1: What? terrorism. You cannot oh, I don't think it's terrorism. All right. Th- thank you for your call, Michael. we got to take a break, but there are many other callers, and I want to hear from you. Whether you agree or disagree, 888-653-7543. Do you agree with me it should be illegal to begin a confrontation while you're carrying a gun, unless you're a cop or something like that? I say I would ban that. Am I crazy? Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Levine. Should it be illegal to begin a confrontation while carrying a gun? Unless you're law enforcement, you know, trying to to stop something going on, or but but uh, one of the people who wrote in, and I've been following on Twitter. By the way, if you want to comment on Twitter, you're welcome to call in. I love callers. Eight eight six five three seven five four three. I actually prefer callers because then we can have a nice conversation back and forth. But many of you do respond by Twitter, and that's okay too. Uh, just follow me at Mark Living Talk M A R K L E V I N E T. Okay, and let me know what you think there. Uh, someone who calls him or herself American. Uh, says, if I have a gun and approach someone who is committing a crime, if a life is in danger, hell yes. So you know what? Good point. I am not so much of an ideologue as to not recognize when someone makes a good point. I will give another exception. One exception I gave was for police officers, security officers, people at their jobs. I will give you another exception. If you see someone physically beating someone else, threatening someone's life, if you see someone torturing someone, you see someone you know, uh, committing a crime when life is in danger, absolutely. That would be another time when it's perfectly fine to brandish a, a gun. That makes sense. But that's different. That's confronting something already happening. That's not beginning a confrontation. That's not saying I'm going to confront someone about – and listen, I'm all about confrontation. All right. I have led a number of protests. I have, I've done street protests. I believe in boycotting staples. I believe in walking up to people who carry signs to say offensive things and saying, hey, why are you carrying that? That's all part of America. That's all part of free speech. I would not do it while carrying a gun. I think it should be illegal to do it while carrying a gun. Let's find out if Tamara of Joplin, Missouri, agrees or disagrees on line four. Tamara, welcome yes, to the show.
6: I agree. I agree. You shouldn't be able to have a gun when you start a confrontation with
1: someone. But- Seems obvious, doesn't it? But but I don't know many states that prohibit that. There's a huge difference between carrying a gun on your person because you someone has threatened you and you fear they're going to come after you. And you pull out the gun in self-defense. And someone, who, the George Zimmermans or this Craig Hicks of the world, who are like, Ah, yeah, it's taking my parking place or they're in my neighborhood. And, and they come after them and they're carrying a gun. Big difference. No.
6: No, I don't think you should have a gun because you're afraid that someone's coming after you. You, you, you go to the court system. You use officers to have them arrested for threatening you and things like that. But let me tell you, it broke my heart for these three young people yeah. to lose their lives. It broke my heart for their families. Yeah. And it broke my heart... That my America, because I'm almost sixty, my America I grew up in was tolerant and loving. We cared about people in our neighborhood. We didn't care if they were black or white or Jewish or Muslim or Kurdish, Catholic. It it didn't matter. Care if you were wearing a scarf on your head to go to the synagogue or or, or the mosque or the Catholic Church, we, the NRA and the hateful Republicans and, and their, their sewer-spewing hate, their rhetoric has made this country crazy. All over the country, people are insane.
1: Tomorrow, let me ask you this. Um, you say you're almost 60 years old. Are you from Joplin, Missouri? Have you lived your whole life there, or have you been all around the country? Where did where you, you grow up?
6: I'm, I was raised in Illinois, but I've lived in North Carolina, in Raleigh. I've lived in Tucson. I've lived in... Uh, Victorville, California. Oh, so you've lived all over I've the lived country. In Colorado. I've lived in Florida. I've lived in Tennessee.
1: You've I've lived all over country. the country. So let me ask you this: You say 60 years ago or 50 years ago, we were a different country. Um, you know, and I, you know, I wasn't around 50 years ago. But um, were we? Because again, in no way justifying the horrific acts that are occurring today. And as you know, I am as horrified as you are. But then I go and I see movies like Selma and I wonder if we were much better 50 years ago, Um, you know? I mean, isn't this always been sort of a problem?
6: Well, we still had the the black and
1: white problem,
6: but I grew up just outside of Chicago and I didn't see it. I had black friends and Latino friends and, and Asian friends. I mean, I went to a school where it was predominantly white, but we had a lot of other people in there that we I grew up not seeing color and race and religion we all played together we were all in Girl Scouts together we all swam in the same pools you didn't see it or there might have been a person over here or there that was a bigot but you stayed away from those people because they were the they were the tiny minority, where today everybody's carrying a gun. We've got all these stand your ground laws. We've got Fox News that the Supreme Court said it's okay for them to lie and make stuff up and get these bigots all in a fervor. And this guy did on his Facebook hate religion, any religion. And he did target these kids because. The uh, apartment complex they lived in had a meeting about this man, but the management never did anything well, about Well, here's,
1: here's the thing I don't know, all right? He, clearly he targeted them in the sense that he knocked on their door with a gun, began a confrontation, and, and probably intended to kill them from the outset or maybe created that intent to kill while he was there. I don't know. He clearly targeted them. In that you respect, shoot
6: three people in the head, you went over there to yeah, kill
1: them. Well, that's probably true. I think that's true.
6: That's the way and, I, you don't pull a gun and, and shoot three people in the head without premeditated murder. And you
1: certainly don't do it with a dispute over a parking place, that's
2: it for sure. Hurts
6: me that me that they can't wear it, it's dangerous. It is now dangerous in this country for shakespeare. To wear their turban.
1: It should ne- Let me be. Let me be. You, you're right. It should down. never be dangerous in America to wear to any kind way of way. religious garb. I but don't care whether it's a cross or a Jewish star or a, a headscarf or a turban. You have the right under the First Amendment to the free exercise of your religion, as long as you're not harming yes. anybody else. Uh, you know, as long as your dangerous. religion doesn't require your sacrificing virgin, if you're, not, if you're not harming anyone else and you're practicing your own religion and you're only affecting yourself, then let people be. We have enough religious hatred in wars but, all over but the that's world. That's
6: what I'm saying, but they're a target now. Yeah. There is so much hatred in this country for immigrants that has come from the rhetoric on the right. I
1: hear you. I hear you. It's
6: dangerous for them to be in public in their religious garments it just is it, it is a fact of life it would be like me dropping down in a muslim neighborhood without covering my head and calling myself a christian what the heck am i doing you know surrounded by
1: well you know what you know what but you know what you have the right as a christian to go in a muslim neighborhood and not carry it not wear I, you do, but- I mean i mean it's just as important to recognize just as the, the Muslim woman has a right to wear her hijab in a Christian neighborhood, a Christian has a right to wear a cross in a Muslim neighborhood and not to wear a hijab. The whole that point now, of this is that we that all that have to tolerate each other. Target. That
6: now makes you a target.
1: Well, but it, but it shouldn't. And that it to me, shouldn't. that's what America is all about. Is, is, is,
6: is, you know, is we agree. Now,
1: now you are a target. And you should never be. To me, if you marched in France for Charlie Hebdo, you have to march now in Chapel Hill. Uh, For these young people. Thank you for your call tomorrow. I I appreciate that. Let's go to Reggie in Georgia, Line 5. Reggie, welcome to the show.
0: How you doing, Mark? Happy Uh, Thursday, by the way. Happy
1: Thursday. See you tomorrow, too. I'll be back on Friday.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. Well, I'm sure Leslie will be happy that you're holding down the fort for her while she's away.
1: Apparently, I'm the only one she trusts to carry her baby, so uh, I I do so with pride. Uh, Tell me, what are your thoughts on, on my proposal to make it against the law if to begin a confrontation while you're carrying a gun, unless well, someone's break, someone else is breaking the law. We, we talked about those exceptions, or your police officer. But in general, you can't begin a confrontation with someone while you're carrying a gun. What do you think?
0: Well, I'll be number. Well, I'm going to add myself as to being number three as to agree with you. Good. Third Glad place, to hear it. Agree with you because you shouldn't be have you shouldn't be able to have a gun or to, or to carry one around while you're verbally confronting and arguing with with other people. But you're going to have these people on the right. Like as Tamara and Michael both previously stated early before me, that you're gonna have these people on the right who are gonna, uh, you know, who are <clears throat> who are plotting your, st- who are gonna advocate the sin and support your stand your ground law, and you know, and, and uh, they're gonna think that you're trying to take away their guns or their right to self defend themselves or whatnot. And you got like, and like they both said, you got all these people on the people on radio and TV saying that. Uh, that Muslim, uh, all Muslims are evil and all Muslims are terrorists when they don't even know a single first thing about Muslims. I mean, they, have, they don't even, I don't even know that they live right next, to, next door to them, by them, on, in the same neighborhood, state, city. I don't even think they have them as friends. And I don't even think they've talked to them or even interviewed them.
1: See, at the end of the day, people are people. Yeah. And you have every right to be against someone for what they say or do. But yes. you don't have a right to be against someone for who they are. Right. And that, that's that's I mean I can say that you know I don't like George Zimmerman because of what he did, you right. know, or, or I don't like George W. Bush for what he did, or right. I don't like uh, the KKK or for what he says. Right. But you can't dislike someone just for existing. Right. Ever. I right. don't care what religion they are, sexual orientation, gender, race. It, it doesn't matter. They're just people. Right. And these actually seem like three very sweet young people <laughs> right. by all accounts it's right. it's absolutely and, and I don't know this was a hate crime, but I know it was it, it should have been a gun crime yeah, and that, that's, that's, that's the part that I'm trying to, to convey that you just you sh- it should be illegal and it probably isn't in North Carolina, but it should be illegal exactly. to begin a confrontation with a gun on your hip because it's not going to end well.
0: And you got these three kids whose future has now been snuffed out like a yeah. candle.
1: Yeah, it's right? terrible.
0: And they also do the exact same thing to President Barack Obama, in case you haven't noticed. They they don't like him because simply because of who and what he is, or for existing, or for being president of the United States of America. And you know exactly which ones I'm talking
1: about. Well, I'll tell you this. I always try to distinguish between two kinds of Obama critics. There are legitimate Obama critics who say, I disagree with President Obama because he supports X and I disagree with X. And, you know, I'm against the Affordable Care Act. And then we can argue about the Affordable Care Act. I can tell them why I think they're wrong. But at least they're disagreeing with the president based on an issue. That's America. That's politics. That's perfectly fair. What's not fair is when you start attacking someone for who they are, not for... Something they said or something they believe in, and and that's that's when it goes too far. And, and you're absolutely right. There are definitely people who hate President Obama in, in ways that has nothing to do with his policies. Absolutely
0: you like, right. You mean like you know you mean like some for somebody like or such as Rush Limbaugh who goes on the attack uh, on him every single solitary day for three or four hours a day and five days a week without even let up, without well, one single solitary let up.
1: You know, or Rush Limbaugh, who said uh, a couple weeks in his presidency that he hoped President Obama fails. Uh, that's someone who's not really giving him a chance. Thanks for your call, Reggie. I appreciate it. Josh from Missouri, uh, I found him on Twitter. I promised to give him at least a couple minutes, because this isn't a 10-second question. I may have to take a break, Josh, but we'll get back to you. Go ahead, Josh from Missouri. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you. Uh, are we talking about the gun laws or... or- What's the deal here? Well, you yeah, are we are. We are.
1: People, people, you know, call in and, and they often move the topic a little bit. But my contention is that unless you're a police officer on the job or security official or somebody who sees a crime being committed, you shouldn't begin a confrontation while carrying a gun. If you want to carry a gun, someone attacks you, you act in self-defense. That's one thing. But I don't think you have a right to put a gun on your hip. Uh, even if you have a permit, you should not have a right to do that, and then go out and confront somebody with something. I think it's something that leads to danger. What do you think?
2: Well, what if there's a crime being committed? That's
1: different. I think I so think you could stop police. a crime being committed. I said that was my exception. You're, you're a police officer, or you see a crime being committed, you're a security official. I'm just talking about you have a dispute with your landlord, or you have a dispute with your boss, or you have a dispute with the guy who's in your parking place, or whatever it is. You should not be able to begin yelling at someone or a, with a gun on your hip. That is something that I think should be illegal. What do you think?
2: I- no, I don't think it should be illegal because I support and defend the Constitution. Now, the thing about I, I, I get really tired of is I hear liberals and even conservatives piss me off when they do this. Okay, they'll cite something in the Constitution like freedom of speech or this or that. Okay, you want to take things in the Constitution like, let's say, freedom of speech uh, or the Second Amendment. Okay, freedom of speech was designed and implemented to protect the things you hate not just the things you like or worth, that you're indifferent to or the things you love.
1: Josh is carrying a gun freedom of speech? What's that? It's carrying a gun freedom of speech. Yes, I don't I don't think it is. I don't think a gun is speech.
2: Well, I go by what uh, what the author of the second amendment said about that.
1: Well, the second, second amendment The Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And it seems to me the Second Amendment was defensive. In other words, if the British are coming and you need to call up a citizen's militia, uh, they want people to be able to have arms to defend themselves, to defend themselves against an attack. I don't think you have a right to an offensive use of a gun under the Second Amendment. You disagree?
2: No, I, I do disagree, because you guys always quote that part of the Second Amendment, but you never— I read the whole the thing. Uh, but, well, you didn't let me finish. You never quote Madison—I'm or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you never quote the author when he says the reason what he meant by well-regulated militia. Wait, wait. Who, who, guys, which author?
1: Who's the author? The Sever- author
2: of the Second what, Amendment. Oh, what's his God. name?
1: Because uh, my understanding is all of the Bill of Rights were written by many, many authors, and there wasn't a single author of any of them. But I'll tell you what. Well, listen, I need to take a break, but I'm not getting rid of you. Stay on the line. In the break, you can look and you can see if you can find the author who you're talking about. I'll give you a chance to do a full Google search for about four minutes. Then you'll come back and tell me what you think, Josh. Welcome back to the show. We've got a few minutes left. I'm having a great conversation with Josh from Missouri on Line 3. It came out of the Chapel Hill massacre. I believe that you cannot begin – or you sh- it should not be legal, although it is now. It should not be legal for you to begin a confrontation while carrying a gun unless you're a police officer you know, trying to keep the peace or something like that. If you look at the Second Amendment, I contend this was all about defense, defense of the country and a well-regulated militia, self-defense perhaps. It's not about offense. You don't have the right to go on the offense with a gun. Josh, you disagree.
2: Yes, I disagree, and I didn't need to Google it. Uh, I just had a brain explosion there. It was George Mason who was the author of the Second Amendment. And if you or any of your listeners want to Google his explanation for it, go ahead and do it because it's pretty interesting. Well,
1: Mason did the the, uh, Virginia Religious Freedoms that was a lot of the – for the Bill of Rights, it was a lot of the uh, – I mean James Madison actually introduced the bill that had it and it was well debated and it was revised and there are lots of authors of of the second amendment but george mason talked about the second amendment always in terms of a citizen militia defending themselves against a tyrannical government right i mean he didn't talk about it as some guy who wants to you know fight some neighbor
2: right no, 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 no. He, I, you're, you're misinterpreting my words. I'll tell you what, Mark. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll get it and I'll tweet it to you after this conversation. That's fair. Far,
1: you can also post it on Facebook if you want. My Facebook page and let everybody read it. MarkLevineTalk.com. dot uh, com. Check, okay. check out there. Go ahead though. As far,
2: as far as the as far as the other thing about uh, unless you're a police officer, what I don't get from that is you've got the training, you've gone through the background check, the firearm. You know, you go to the sheriff's department, then you go to the class and all that. What's the difference? No person in their right mind is going to do something that's maniacal like that. It doesn't matter. What if you're
1: not in your right mind? What if you're not in your right mind? What if you're Craig Hicks or George Zimmerman?
2: To me, that makes as much sense as blaming General Motors for a DUI. That's how much sense it makes.
1: No, but here's the point. Here's the point. If somebody knocked on your door on a Tuesday at 5 p.m., and it's your neighbor, and you've met this guy before, and he's always angry about something— and he's got a gun on his hip. Would you answer the door?
2: If I see the gun, no, I'm
1: not going to answer no, the would No, you, you'd call the police, right? I would. But uh, then you call, the call the police. And then the police I, come and they can't arrest car, the guy because he hasn't done anything illegal.
2: But if he's got, well, if it's on his hip.
1: Right, it's, it's on his hip and he's it, got it, a if permit. It,
2: if and it, he's not if a, a cop. In his hand, if it, if it, that's a different thing.
1: So you would answer the door if it's on so his hip?
2: Oh, I, no, I'm sorry I misunderstood you. If it's on his hip, I'd yeah. answer the door.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, answer the I hip. Could. I don't want to address someone who's angry at me with a gun on his hip. That's not a fair argument. I'm not going to answer you know the, know the door.
2: Angry? How do you know he's angry? Because he's
1: pounding the door and saying, you took my parking place. It's, I mean, I'm just giving you a hypothetical, but that's not oh, okay. too different well, from what happened in Chapel with. Hill.
2: You just said – you didn't say that. I'm sorry. You didn't say that at the beginning
1: with Well, my point said, was He's angry. angry. No, no, he's seeking a confrontation, all right? He's pounding the door. He's got a gun on his hip, not in his hand, and he's saying, hey, you took my parking place. Would you answer the door? I'd want to call the police myself, personally.
2: Well, yeah, I'd call the police if it were a scenario like that, but I I, I misunderstood because you didn't add that other stuff. All
1: right, fair enough, fair enough. i tell you this, Josh, I'm I'm literally running out of time. It's the end of a three-hour show, but I want to thank you for calling in, particularly off of Twitter, and I hope you feel I gave you a chance to say your piece. But my time's up, so I can't hear from him whether he agrees or not.
3: There's nothing more important for your health and well-being than having a good sleep. The experts at Haverty's can help you find the perfect Scott Living mattress for everyone in your family.
4: Haverty's Furniture is partnered with Drew Scott and Jonathan Scott to offer Scott Living mattresses. Now $250 off through President's Day. Plus, when you visit a store, you can expect no pressure, just support from Haverty's sleep experts. Tap now or visit Haverty's.com to find a location near you.